Thank you for downloading the Aging Matters podcast. To find out more about how Transitions Life Care is providing care and comfort for life's changing needs, visit transitionslifecare.org. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. 60 minutes devoted to giving you all the information you need when caring for a loved one. With Nicole Claggett, here's the host of Aging Matters, Jason Kong. Welcome to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. Good Saturday evening to you. Jason Kong here with the lovely Nicole Cleggett representing Transitions Life Care and Transitions Guiding Lights. Nicole, you're the jet setter. You're, you're, <laughs> you made it back here safely, so I'm happy. Uh, yes, yes. Had a whirlwind trip talking about caregiver support around the country in Washington. So um, happy to be back in our little hometown here. Um, it's always interesting to have conversations with thought leaders across the country about what they see as the future. Yeah, you always get a lot of insight from that. And personally, I'm glad you brought the spring weather with you on your return back here. So I appreciate that. Well, yes, yes. It has been quite a cold week, hasn't it? A strange week. It has. It's been a wild ride. It has. But I think we're I think we're into the new normal now. But Nicole, we're going to start out on a very interesting topic because we often talk about caregivers. And I think the, the first thing that you think of with caregiving is, a, a family member is is a caregiver, or I'm a caregiver for a family member. But we're going to broach the topic of what happens when you're a, a, quote, elder orphan and you don't have a family member to be your caregiver. And to do that, we've brought in Nancy Ruffner. She's with Navigate NC. Nancy, thank you so much for coming in this evening. My pleasure to be here. Yeah, so I think this is a really interesting topic. And, you know, um, we're finding that people are having less children. And so there are a lot of people out there that are aging without a family around them. So I think this is a pretty important topic and curious to know kind of how big this topic is and what folks can do for support. So welcome. Thank you. So talk to us a little bit. What is exactly an elder orphan? Well, they're an emerging subset in the population. Uh, They First of all, let me qualify. Elder orphans is a wonderful term to gain sensationalism and to gain attention. However, the movement is toward using the term solos or solo agers. So I may it doesn't go, sound very nice. Go yeah. back and forth between elder orphan and solos, but solos is what is the preferred moniker now. Um, solos are, by definition, uh, individuals who, by choice or circumstance, function without the support system traditionally provided by family. So that means, yes, you mentioned we are having less children uh, and people are spread out across the country. They um, are making their home and decisions from uh, solo vantage points. But there's also a different kind of elder orphan available uh, for discussion. And that's um, not only folks who are unmarried or have children, but anybody can find themselves in a solo situation, having to make a decision or in a healthcare situation. So you can be temporarily solo or circumstantially or intermittently solo as well. But by and large, these people need to make their, um, to assemble their team. Yeah. So I guess, you know, if, if, you know, and my husband and I have actually bantered around sometimes about, you know, well, someday when we retire, we might be the type of retiree that goes maybe to Costa Rica for six months out of the year and then come back to the States until at some point we decide one or the other, right? So we may be one of those expats, perhaps. Um, you know, so what kind of happens in this situation? How do people assemble that team when you have maybe the people that are surrounding you of equal age, for example? 
Well, you bring up one of my most favorite favorite scenarios, and and that is a couple of um, folks who friends who are in their 60s or 70s having the conversation and one of them says which one of us is going to keep our marbles the longest exactly it's a valid discussion Mm -hmm. and they may have you know they may revisit that discussion in their 70s and 80s and one of them indeed may be losing their marbles so Mm -hmm. maybe they didn't make a team maybe they didn't plan that I would say that um, there are many folks who who need to look around and um, and and determine their lay of the land, uh, and I, you know everybody says you should plan, you should plan, but nobody tells us how. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to do that today. Um, we, as, I've got some skin in the game. I am a solo ager, solo <laughs> senior, and it's important for me to understand where my back door may be open and where my resources are in this community. Mm-hmm. And for that reason, this radio show is particularly helpful because a lot of our team members may uh, may lie um, and have been interviewed in this in this program. The the, the, the solution lies here is mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say. Um, to to find your team member is identifying who can help you. It may be you may bring your physician onto your team. You may bring an attorney onto your team. You may bring a, a best friend, a trusted individual, um, a partner. Uh, you there are a number of people that you need to to have around us as we age and and, and be able to to be sounding boards for us and support as well. So even as a member of your faith based community as well, it could be a pastor or priest or. That's a very large one, and many folks, as they age, will give a new look to a faith community and find um, find new comfort there. Sometimes on this show, we do talk about you know just the general you know older adult who has that family around them, and how oftentimes people feel like they have to pick certain people in their family just because they're the eldest daughter or they're the spouse, and they may not be the best person. So another example today, you know, you may be surrounded by a bunch of people, but they still. For various different reasons, they may not be emotionally available or mentally available or financially available to, to play these roles. And so I think giving some insight as some other people who may be on your team would be good as well. But I'm sure um, with that, just like there are some dangers in picking family members, there are some dangers of picking outsiders as well. You know, naming someone to be your power of attorney when you don't really know, necess- you think you know, but do you really know everything about that person? These are many of the conversations that we have um, as patient advocates and, and case managers. Uh, this is the kind of dialogue that, that, well, it's the thought process you need to have, and it's a dialogue that you need to have, practically an interview. Um, there are several instances, as you alluded to, where our, we may have a family member, but they're not the best person for the job. They're right. not willing. They may be unable um, and they may not wish to serve or no longer wish to serve. And so it's always important to give not only um, your team, but backups, uh, to have backups in that. So we also have a lot, of, um, a lot of conversations about vetting, finding and vetting. Where are these people? How do I get the lay of the land? And we are blessed here in this area to have a lot of outreach from our uh, senior supporting community. Um, there are a lot of events that occur. Elder law attorneys are always having uh, informational sessions regarding um, advanced directives and what legal documents we need to have in place. And the caregiver summits, the caregiver conferences, events that are sprinkled throughout North Carolina are tremendous ways to look around and decide what's best for us. So 
I'm in this situation, let's just pretend, and I'm a solo, solo senior, uh, it seems to me that planning in advance is probably even more important in that situation because you don't have people around you that may even have some of that historical information about me, my personality, what I may want, even if I hadn't necessarily officially shared those records. I know in my case, I have this book in my house. It's literally called the Drop Dead Book. And even though I have gone through everything with my husband that I want and I, and, and so on and so forth and, and various other members of my family, therein lies the Drop Dead Book, which has everything in it just in in case I were to get hit by the bus and including everything in about my children as well that's an excellent idea we have a similar thing in my family my parents created something they called the nutshell as in everything in yeah. everything uh, and and in that book they had listed everything from their HVAC specialty filter provider uh, mm-hmm. because my mother had COPD but yeah. then who are who are our go-to people here are here's their contact information here are our documents the latest medication list and that has uh, gone on in my family my sister now took the uh, the nutshell and she has the eggshell <laughs> I think mine's going to be the clamshell. <laughs> That's awesome. So what else should we know about solo seniors? Well, there are a number of scenarios that um, that they identify. Uh, one is, well, I'm, I'm married and I have no children who will speak for me. Right. But also, um, you know, maybe I live alone or independently, but I injure myself. A friend of mine know, I know uh, cut her hand and deeply and needed help get, getting to the emergency room. Um, another one is maybe I'm not close to my brother. He lives on the West Coast, so I barely know his kids, and I mm-hmm. really don't have support there. Um, or another one I often hear is that uh, I need to lodge an emergency contact with my housing community, and I have no one to, um, to list. That is the voice of Nancy Ruffner. She is a professional patient advocate and founder of Navigate NC, and we're going to continue our conversation on solo seniors right after this. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Aging Matters. Care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. Joined by Nicole Cleggett from Transitions Guiding Lights, here's your host, Jason Kong. You are listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett. Our guest in the studio right now is Nancy Ruffner. She is a professional patient advocate and the founder of Navigate NC. And Nicole, we're having a discussion on solo seniors and um you know this is something that you know as we do this show nicole um that's it's probably a, a segment of the population that uh we need to pay more attention to yeah we haven't really put too much light in that corner we need to dust out the cobwebs over in this that's direction what, that's I why think. we brought nancy that's, in. Yeah, exactly <laughs> so i guess uh, i'm trying to get a better understanding nancy uh related to the solar senior or or, or orphan seniors, um, what exactly, um, what, sort of what's the scope, what's the size, the impact of this to, to North Carolina and beyond? Okay. Well, the, um, it's an important subset worth measuring. I mean, it's being measured by Pew Research and, and our census as well. Uh, so that's important. Um, it's about 26, 27% of our aging population. So it's large. We all likely know one or several <laughs> um, elder orphans, solo seniors. 
the impact to North Carolina is is huge. Um, it'll have a societal uh, impact uh, with in terms of isolation, depression, folks needing to access services. It'll have a cost to North Carolina um, if folks delay. Uh, their own care or don't seek help or don't assemble their teams, then it will cost more for our government to support this population through their services. Um, the media is is turning a lot of attention to this. It Now, well, two years ago, if you Googled elder orphan, you might not get much. Uh, you would get a lot today. So I encourage everybody to uh, take a look at that subset. You know, we are having fewer children and, and our population is growing. Yes, it's the silent generation, but also the boomers who are well known for asking for what we need. And um, so I would say it's almost like solos rising. Mm -hmm. And so um, one of the things that, you know, I I recently did a show about natural disasters in North Carolina. And, you know, we have our fair share of them just because of the path of the hurricanes. Mm -hmm. You know, it might seem that we go some years without any. And the next thing you know, we have a a whole bunch of them all together, even some of the blizzards that we have. I think it's super important for folks listening if you find yourself in that situation or if you're living nearby someone who doesn't seem to have a lot of visitors and perhaps is very much alone to make sure that the emergency responders in the area actually know that this person exists and that they may be a person that could use some help. I know that there are some lists that EMS and firefighters and the sheriff's departments keep of people that need to be checked on first in the event of an emergency. I would always advise uh, letting your your responders know by any means, Mm -hmm. not only reaching out through your neighbors, which has the uh, added benefit of uh, uh, building your own community, Mm -hmm. reaching out to folks, having them be aware of you, having your medical providers be aware. Um, But, you know, there's nothing. And I've even seen this work recently. A plate of brownies Mm -hmm. to your local station speaks volumes, still works today. Let's Mm -hmm. use what the new and the old method. Well, yeah, and you know, it's you know something is definitely shifting in our society, and I don't know if it's our cell phones that we're constantly glued to, or the fact we're just—I mean, nobody even wants a phone call. If your phone rings, you almost sneer at it, like, "Who's calling me and why?" Just send me a text, right? It needs to be the world is blowing up if someone's giving me a call, and so I'm not really sure what's going on with that and why that's happening, but um, it really seems like from a neighborhood perspective that people are really just isolationists now, even if you're literally living on top of your neighbor you don't really want your neighbor next door coming out and saying hello while you're grabbing your mail and your robe like there's just people <laughs> want their space and so uh, I definitely would encourage and foster you know if you do know that you have an older adult in your community or nearby you could really learn a lot from them too I mean it's not just you giving to them by you know stopping over and bringing a meal or offering assistance but they there's a lot of wisdom there and they need they'd love to share it Absolutely. You know, one of the ways that um, um, solos, young and old, have uh, sought community, uh, one of the most famous ways is the uh, the closed Facebook group that Carol Maroc started mm-hmm. on a whim and now has swelled to 9,238 members. They are seeking community online. Um, everything from support, how, how do I, how did you, uh, and it's, um, it's mitigating the isolation and the loneliness, and it's a way to share resources. Uh, so people are doing it online. They're doing it at the front door. They're doing it at the mailbox. We're doing it at the water coolers mm-hmm. of our employers. I just say, let's not forget the actual in-person 
interaction. I, I know it might feel like it might hurt a little bit, but I think I think it's okay. I think you'll be all right. You'll 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 live through it. I hope. Um, so let's talk about another important day that's coming up here that uh, we typically spend a lot of time and intention talking about here on this show, it, which is National Healthcare Decisions Day. April 16th, every year. You know, Ben Franklin said the only thing certain is death and taxes. So April 15th is our tax day and <laughs> April 16th, National Health Care Decision Day. And it's a day that we focus on um, getting our legal ducks in the row, having the conversations uh, regarding our, our wishes, or having, simply put, having a say in uh, how things will go and where we'll end up. Definitely. And I know a lot of times, you know, those listening, you have a family member that you don't have any clue if they have documents filled out or what their wishes are. And it's just, you know, how do you open up and have that difficult conversation? What are some tips you would suggest? Well, folks can access a lot of how to have the conversation tips um, on our website for one thing um my I blog and teach frequently about how to talk and i get the feedback too that the adult children want to talk to their elders and the elders want to know how to talk to their adult children <laughs> so um there is uh, there is some barrier to communication uh out there i would say that um there are a lot of resources every single um agency that i can think of in this area helps people to have conversations what we're doing right now helps people to have conversations. And, you know, if you still are feeling quite awkward about how do I bring up, you know, how mom or dad wants to have their last days, which can be, you know, nobody wants to think about death. Um, one of the things I would say is, you know, if you have someone in your circle, in your social circle or your family circle that has recently passed, let a little time go by and then just say, hey, you know, Susie Smith, you know, she passed this way. Is that, you know, if, if you were in this situation, mom, dad you know is is that kind of how you'd like to see things go i just want to make sure i'm honoring your wishes so using someone else as an example sort of takes sort of the are you trying to kill me off this <laughs> off, the, off the page and it sort of deflects it to somebody else but then allows to have that more meaningful conversation i think and it doesn't have to necessarily be around death you know one of the, mm-hmm. the trip the tips that i uh, like to teach is called newsjacking uh you see something on the news all the time with somebody's being scammed or the victim of this or that or have a dilemma you see it on the news you can jack that little time to have a conversation with your folks did you see that on the news she just got scammed how can we prevent that mom what can we do to ensure our safety Uh, another technique um, I like to call flipping it and that is uh, when when something happens to someone else maybe you know Bob at work had to fly out because his mother was um, gravely ill and he had to drop work get a flight go to Michigan and use those kinds of of uh, instances that occur to other people flip it over to your own situation what would we do so a little bit about your company and how folks can get a hold of you well navigate nc is a professional patient advocacy and case management agency they can get a hold of me by contacting us by phone which is 919-628-4428 they can email us at info at navigatenc.com and that navigatenc.com is our website Again, that's NavigateNC.com, and the phone number is 919-628-4428.
1-800-273-8428. Nancy Ruffner, professional patient advocate and founder of Navigate NC. Thank you so much for spending some time with us this evening. Been my pleasure. Excellent. A quick break and back and more with Aging Matters. Care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. Joined by Nicole Claggett from Transitions Guiding Lights, here's your host, Jason Kong. News Radio 680 WPTF, you're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett. And Nicole, we've rolled into April here, and with that, we, uh, we sort of gave the preview last week that the caregiver summits are, are around the corner and registration is open. Registration is open. I braced myself for impact and <laughs> there was a ripple that went across all the 50,000 watts of WPTF when they opened up and we are getting very strong registrations. But yes, we are super excited. The 2019 Caregiver Summits. The registration is now open. The first one coming up is going to be on June 6th at the Sheraton Imperial right there in RTP. And it is a full day of respite, resolution, and resources. And you can find out everything you need to know about those summits online at caregiverssummit.org. We will be discussing that a little bit more later on in the program as well. But uh, a familiar name that uh, tends to go along with the Caregiver Summits, Mm -hmm. Nicole, is is the Dementia Alliance of North Carolina. And with that, we've got Casey Hall here with us. She is the Director of Community Outreach. Casey, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for having me. So I am so excited to have Casey here for so many different reasons. First of all, she's one of my most favorite people in the whole wide world. <laughs> uh, second Same to you. <laughs> thank you. It's the Mutual Admiration Club. Uh, second of all, they represent a wonderful cause that I'm incredibly passionate about, which is uh, all-inclusive to folks with any sort of dementia diagnosis across the state of North Carolina, which is fabulous, but also um, they are here to talk about the amazing Music and Memory at Home program. So I would love for you to talk a little bit about that, what it means for our community and how people can get involved. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, Yeah, really excited to talk about Music and Memory. So first of all, Music and Memory's uh, mission is basically to improve the lives of individuals living with dementia and other physical and cognitive issues um, by bringing them their own personalized music. Um, And by doing that to bring back a new enhanced joy um, and connection. And that connection to their own history, their memories, um, and often language as well. So the Music and Memory Program is actually, it's an organization based out of New York City. Mm -hmm. And um, it was founded over a decade ago now. And their first mission was to bring this personalized music to individuals uh, living in long-term care communities. Yes, yes. And I was very familiar with that. So my background being a geriatric long-term care social worker, um, very familiar with when that was really just lighting a fire across Mm -hmm. the senior care industry across the country and some parts of the world even. Yeah. Instead of subjecting people to sit in a round circle listening to, you know, big band music when somebody would right. rather listen to Bon Jovi, <laughs> right. um, you, you get a very different reaction. While some people Absolutely. that really clicked and, you know, you saw a great reaction, other people could get agitated. And so I think that right. the idea of personalized music is pretty incredible. 
Yeah, and that's what's really so special about this program. It's not just grouping together um, a, a, a set of individuals that maybe are in the same age range and have similar backgrounds Making and assuming yep. right, assuming that they all like the same music based on genres. Mm-hmm. So this program is really finding out individually what taps into that person's um, likes and, and into their soul. I think uh, music is so personalized to each of us. And we all have really strong feelings as to what kind of musics we like. And what kind of musics we dislike as well. Exactly. Um, and it can have a huge positive impact on um, everyone, but specifically now we're seeing too with individuals living with dementia and also on their caregivers, which is really great. So what we're piloting now is an at-home version of that program. So, so how does that work? Yeah, so it's for those caregivers that are still caring for their loved ones in their home environment. Um, and what we do is we help to assess um, what that person's music likes and dislikes will look like. Mm-hmm. We do kind of a background um, questionnaire with the caregiver and hopefully with a person living with dementia as well if they're still able to uh, participate in that questionnaire. And then we do music testing, which is now my new favorite part of my day. <laughs> so it's, just, it's not painful, like allergy testing. It's not. It? And you know, I don't like the word testing. I think we actually need to come up with a new word because anytime someone hears the word testing, that doesn't sound fun. But this is actually the most fun test we've ever done. Um, do you get a yuck and yum face? Yeah, we do, right? Yeah, absolutely. And what we've actually learned as it's a pilot and we're learning all the time is to hold our reactions. Because yeah. as I'm sitting there playing music, and you're like, I, don't I like found this. myself either bopping around or not looking very happy and people with dementia you know mirror us yeah so we're having to really watch our reactions and make sure we wait to see their reaction and then we join in with them Um, we've also learned too that we need to open up a little room for some dance floor during music testing Um, one of our gentlemen a couple weeks ago was listening to the music and he looked at his wife um, a really touching moment and he said we used to dance a lot didn't we Mm. and she said yeah honey we did he put out his hand she took it and they stood up and started dancing now in a very confined space so I'm thinking for now on we need to open up that space a little bit more Um, but yeah so we do this music testing um, and basically just go through these songs that some lovely volunteers have helped to create this list based on that questionnaire Mm -hmm. and then we just gauge responses Um, is that song making that person smile many of the songs they start to sing along to Mm -hmm. um, which is amazing how our brain holds those lyrics and um We note the reactions, and then based on that, we put together some playlists. So we put together a playlist for kind of every day, up in movement, and then more of a calming, relaxing playlist. Yeah, I was going to say that makes sense, because if you're trying to get someone to settle down for bedtime and you, right. know, you put on some sort of a Rock job, around the clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, alrighty exactly. then, we're going to start this process over for the next two right. hours. Yeah, that could be a bit And those are things to think about, too, right? Because so part of this program is to provide some respite, hopefully, for the caregiver as well, mm-hmm. to be able to go grab some laundry, get some laundry done, or mm-hmm. have a few minutes to themselves. So we also don't want the playlist if someone's having mobility issues to make them want to jump up and dance if you're not sitting right there with them. And then they're calling so, the emergency responder 10 minutes later. Exactly. We don't want the music to cause that. So we're really thinking through those processes when we're making these playlists. Um, and then the music playlist gets put on um, an MP3 device. Mm-hmm. And then um, we have the caregiver come back in and we send them home with an entire kit. And the kit has the MP3 player with a playlist. It has some really nice Bose noise counseling headphones. And it has a Bluetooth speaker in case your loved one doesn't care for the headphones 
or you want to listen to the music together. You have options. So, uh, you know, I'm not I, I'm not trying to be rude or crass here when I say yeah. this, but, um, you know, I, I mean, I have playlists on my phone and I, I, sometimes, every once in a while I'm like, all right, I, I'm like kind of sick of this music now. So, right. yep. and you know, and a person with dementia may not be able to verbalize that as well. Sure. So what sure. kind of, how does that work? Yeah, absolutely. And and also with dementia, um, as people go through their journey, mm-hmm. they often um, start to kind of live at different phases in their life. Mm-hmm. So I don't know about you, but what I like to listen to um, now is mm-hmm. a little bit different than what I like to listen to when I was 20. And depending what my um, mood is, too. Exactly. If I'm irritated, I might want right? to listen to, you know, I get knocked down. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> something like that. I don't yeah. So we will definitely have follow up with those caregivers to see, is this playlist still fit? Mm-hmm. Does it still make sense? There is an option on the mp3 player to be able to delete a song immediately they don't have to come back to us for that Mm -hmm. so if they're seeing that it's bringing about a negative response Mm -hmm. whether that's a negative memory Mm -hmm. or it's just annoying yeah uh, you know (laughs) then the caregiver can delete the song immediately Um, and it also can be updated you know a lot of um, caregivers have loved ones in their life or maybe themselves too um, that are very technologically knowledgeable Mm -hmm. and so they can hook their system up to get the grandkids to help you're awesome Exactly. And that's really what I love about music and memory is there's really an opportunity for intergenerational connection, Mm -hmm. Um, a really great activity for grandkids and and children to do with their loved one with dementia when sometimes they're not quite sure what to say or what to do. Yeah, I can imagine that this is just generally a very incredible experience for those family caregivers, you know, just to be given those, as you were saying, those few moments of respite during a day as well. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, having that is key. And uh, this is a fascinating program, the Music and Memory Program put on by the Dementia Alliance of North Carolina. And we've got Casey Hall here with us. She is the Director of Community Outreach. And we're going to continue our conversation right after this. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. With your co-host, Nicole Claykett, here's the host of Aging Matters, Jason Kong. Welcome back to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. I want to remind you, if you want to find more about Transitions Life Care, you can go to transitionslifecare.org. And of course, uh, be remiss to remind everyone that Transitions Life Care is celebrating their 40th anniversary, a great accomplishment for them. And you can find more about uh, how they're celebrating that achievement at transitionslifecare.org. Org. Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett. Our guest in the studio is Casey Hall. She is the Director of Community Outreach for the Dementia Alliance of North Carolina. And we're talking about the music and memory program that they offer. And man, this sounds uh, pretty awesome, Nicole. Yeah, I, it really, really is. I'm, and I'm so excited that the Dementia Alliance has chosen to pilot this here in our community. So I guess let's talk a little bit about, you know, we talked about how wonderful it is and the reactions that folks have when they participate but let's talk more about the nuts and bolts. If folks are listening and want more information about how to participate, how would they go about doing that? Yeah, so the easiest way is to give our office a call, mm-hmm. um, 919-832-3732, um, and we can get you started on the program. Uh, the first thing we're going to do is study that questionnaire, work with you on completing that to get back to us so we can set up that, that music list to test um, for your loved one. And the only requirements for this program is that you're caring for your loved one um, at home and your loved one has any form of dementia. 
it's okay. So you're telling me about all this, but how much does it cost? Yeah, so there's absolutely no cost to caregivers. This is one of our programs. Um, we try to offer as many programs at Dementia Alliance as we can mm-hmm. at no cost to our caregivers. We know the monumental cost yeah. <laughs> of caring for a loved one, either at home or in a care community. Um, they mount up really quickly. So this is one program that you there's absolutely no cost to the for caregiver. The though. Not for the equipment either. Mm-hmm. Um, the kit is our gift to the to the caregiver to the family, and once we gift that um, that kit to them, it's for their entire transition of care for their loved one. So, including helping them assemble the playlist. I mean, everything from the initial call in to ongoing maintenance and support and that's all included it's all included yeah and we have some really generous donors Mm -hmm. that help us to do that we have a family who was impacted um, by dementia that's helped us uh, fund the first 100 kits for the families wow Um, and then we have uh, we've applied for a few grants that will actually help uh, maintain our music library Mm because that is another cost of the program to upload all that music sure and then we'll just continue to raise funds in those means so we don't have to actually charge our caregivers anything for this program. The only thing we ask from our caregivers is, number one, that they're willing to pull the program off of their loved one and and give us feedback as this is a pilot. So we want to try and improve it as much as we can. And then if it just isn't working out for them or they've decided they don't really want to use it anymore, just to bring it back so another family can have that experience. Yeah, that that would make a lot of sense for sure. So I know outside the Music and Memory program, uh, the Dementia Alliance also does a lot of other things in the communities to support families with loved ones who have a dementia diagnosis. Talk to us a little bit about what else you do for us in the community. Yeah, so um, kind of two big facets of what we do around caregiver support and caregiver education. So we offer uh, individual and family counseling and consultations at no cost to those families as well. Mm -hmm. Um, We provide respite care, uh, referral and reimbursement. And we train support group facilitators across the state and actually lead some support groups as well. Um, on the education side, we mm-hmm. host and participate in conferences, workshops, and seminars and talks across the state on various topics Dozens related to them. dementia. Yes, <laughs> quite a few, <Yeah. laughs> um, including the upcoming uh, RTP Caregiver Summit on June 6th. We're excited to be a part of that again this year with, um, with your organization as well. And um, also, we raise money for uh, local research as well. So I also know that you have, um, you know, being that this is a nonprofit organization, as is Transitions Life Care and Transitions Guiding Lights, I know that, you know, you have got to be doing fundraising to keep the lights burning every single day to provide this good work. I think a lot of times people make assumptions out there that a lot of this work is government funded and so on and so forth, but but it's not. This is, it's not. This is, these are all, you know, grassroots organizations that are literally boots on the ground, you know, asking people, please, please, please help support us so we can support those in need. And so I know you do have something special coming up in May. We do, and that is really important to us. Uh, Everything we do comes through the support of generous donors across our state and across the country. Um, So we have our Rock Around the Clock Gala Mm -hmm. coming up on May 18th at Briar Creek Country Club in Raleigh. And as you could probably guess, it ties into that music theme. Mm-hmm. And we are going to be celebrating hits from the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Sock hop. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, and then the 70s kind of takes away disco. from the sock hop. Yeah. But yeah, a little intertwining yeah. of all of those. <laughs> now I'm picturing Austin um, Powers. <laughs> I don't know. It's There'll a, be a little bit of that, for sure. Uh, <laughs> but one of our favorite bands, No Simple Highway, who's a group of local musicians who have all been impacted by dementia. Um, this is their fifth 
15th year coming together to support our organization. Oh, wow. So awesome. we're so excited. They're going to be joining us. The Sassy Classics will be dancing, which is a group of ladies 60 and over Fun. who just spread joy through their dancing. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's going to be a great, a really great evening. We're super excited about it. So if folks want more information about that, how do they find out? Uh, they can call us once again. Or call our office at 919-832-3732. Or um, they can check out our website under the events tab. And that's uh, www.dementianc.org. So, um, Casey, what is something that makes you incredibly passionate, keeps you fueled every day? I like to ask that question from time to time. Ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think bringing um, knowledge and programs and support to caregivers is what I'm super passionate about. Um, my grandmother was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, and my family went through this incredibly difficult journey with her. And we just didn't know um, that there were resources, and I don't know that how many there were at the time. And I just, an education. And I just, when I see caregivers get what they need um, and they learn more about what their loved one is going through and they find resources that support them um, and, and find new programs like Music and Memory at Home that will help make their days a little bit easier and their loved one's lives a little bit better. That's what I, uh, that's what fuels me every day to do what I do. I, I love bringing that to our caregivers. Casey Hall, Director of Community Outreach with the Dementia Alliance of North Carolina. Thank you so much for coming in this evening. We, Thank you we so appreciate much for having it. me. Yeah, this music and memory program is fascinating. Again, that phone number that Casey gave out is 919-832-3732. 919-832-3732 or online at www.dementianc. Org. And if you missed all that, just head over to the WPTF.com website, find the Aging Matters section, and you can find this episode as, long, uh, as well as every other episode that we've done. And Nicole, we've got some time here, and I want to remind everyone that the registration for the Caregiver Summits it's open. It is officially open, yes. The dam has broken, and folks can register online by visiting caregiversummit.org. And the Dementia Alliance in North Carolina actually is co-hosting the uh, summit we're doing in RTP, the summit we're doing in Raleigh later this fall, and then also the summit that we're doing in Harnett County this fall as well. So we're super excited about that partnership. And it's really, you know, as, as small nonprofit organizations trying to pull on very, very large events, it really takes so many people coming coming together to make it work. And, um, you know, these summits are, uh, we try to make them as reasonably cost for the, uh, for the family caregivers. We just charge $15 a person, but that really includes an entire day of educational resources, of caring for yourself, of getting connected to some of the exhibitors to, to a full sit down lunch. And so, um, we really want to make it very accessible and without the support of our co-hosts and our sponsors and our exhibitors, we definitely would not be able to pull these off. I mean, I think we, we're serving about 1,500 people a year now. So they're they're just growing by leaps and bounds. It's it's an impressive achievement. And Nicole, you just, you think about what we've done here in the last uh, 50 minutes or so with uh, our discussion with Nancy and Casey and just two really cool concepts and programs out there. Well, you know, if, if you want just dozens and dozens of these surrounding you uh, and to find out more about this, because, you know, we only have an hour every week to discuss stuff like this. Yeah. And you, you think about how much stuff caregivers could be missing out on and resources that could be available to them. There's no better way to, to see everything that's going on than by attending one of these summits. You know, one of the things that I think it, it is surprising to some of the organizations 
organizations that attend, not the family caregivers, is how much time those families actually spend speaking to the exhibitors. Because a lot of times people, they don't know what they don't know. So they come with a preconceived idea of what this day is going to be like or what they think long-term care really is. And then all of a sudden, bam, they open up this door and there's like 75 to 80 different types (laughs) of organizations that can meet so many different needs of things that they didn't even know existed. Um, And you will see people even at times skipping sessions just so they can spend some of that one-on-one time with exhibitors. It's very cool to see, uh, you know, that reaction of people when they find these resources and they find what's available to them. If if you haven't attended before and you think you may find e- even a little bit of use out of it, I highly encourage you to go online to caregiversummit.org and register for one of the four sessions. First one is coming up very soon in Durham, June 6th. Is that right? Yes, sir. Right around the corner. So go ahead and register. We are out of time for today. I want to thank our guests this evening, Nancy Ruffner and Casey Hall. On behalf of Nicole Cleggett, I am Jason Kong, thanking you so much for listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. Have a great night. You've been listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. For more information, log on transitionslifecare.org.